And now I'm going to preach on our first Advent, first of our Advent people on Zechariah. Tim, um, would you be willing to hand out Bibles and sermon outlines, which are found on the back table? Um, I actually need a sermon outline myself. There it is. Uh, put your hand up if you want a Bible and or a sermon outline um, to write notes on. Um, and as Tim is coming around, you can all keep your eyes open and I will pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your extraordinary promises that find their fulfillment during Advent and Christmas in the person of Jesus. Father, open our hearts also to your Holy Spirit and to the preparation and the coming of Jesus in our own lives. I pray in his name. Amen. People of God, Advent people are ordinary people receiving and believing extraordinary promises. Advent people are ordinary people receiving and believing extraordinary promises. And during the Sundays of Advent, we're going to have a look at some of those characters that God used to get the world ready for the coming of Jesus, the Messiah. So today we look at Zechariah and next week we will look at Elizabeth. And it's very interesting in the Gospel of Luke in particular that Luke has a special focus on women and on the place of women in the plan of God. So Zechariah and Elizabeth, Mary and Joseph, there's a real uh, kind of symmetry there between those people. And of course, Zechariah and Elizabeth are the fathers, uh, sorry, the parents of the man who be, or the boy who became John the Baptist. And John the Baptist was the great prophet who went before Jesus and prepared the way for the Lord among the people of Israel. Joseph is not Jesus' father, but he's Jesus' um, kind of adopted father, of course. Um, and Mary is the mother of Jesus who becomes the Messiah. So these are the people that we'll be looking at. And of course, on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, our focus will be directed uh, very strongly to Jesus himself. So today I want to look at Luke chapter 1 in your Bible. Um, we saw a portion of Luke chapter 1 played out for us with the Lumo gospel just before, but particularly the story of Zechariah. Now, Zechariah and Elizabeth, the Bible says, were righteous people. Uh, they were, that doesn't mean that they were perfect. It doesn't mean that they were sinless. But what it does mean was that they obeyed God's commands and trusted in God's promises. They obeyed God's commands and trusted in God's promises. They were in a right relationship with God, which is what the word righteous means throughout the scriptures. But, and you can hear the wistfulness, you can hear the kind of pathos in this verse, but they were childless. They were childless because Elizabeth was unable to have a baby. And in that culture, being a childless woman, being childless parents was not only grief, but also disgrace. In my pastoral ministry, I've ministered to people who have wanted to have children and were unable to. And it's actually quite a long and heartfelt grief that people go through when they are in that situation. But in Israel, it was also disgraceful for a woman not to be able to have a child. Now, Luke's account uh, 
in chapter 1, verse 5, In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. And then down on verse 8, Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. This is probably a once in a lifetime opportunity for Zechariah. There were many priests, there were many priestly divisions, and when the priestly division was on duty, uh, each time they would uh, draw lots, like maybe marked stones or something similar, out of um, a, a bowl in order to see which priest would have the privilege of going in and burning incense on the altar of God in the temple. So this is probably the first time that Zechariah has ever had the privilege of entering the temple and burning the incense, which uh, stands for the prayers of God's people rising up like a beautiful aroma uh, to God. And so Zechariah was no doubt very excited as he went into the temple. And something really surprising happens, something that Zechariah was not expecting And we find this in Luke 1, verse 11. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Every time that people encounter an angel in the Gospels, they are terrified. So we're not talking about your little calendar cherubs with with a toy bow and arrow with little cute wings that you see on Christmas cards sometimes. We are talking about a mighty angelic being who is powerful and glorious and who strikes fear into the very hearts of those who see him. Okay, so you've got to get that kind of picture right. Put the cherub aside and think of a mighty seraph, a burning being with great glory. And so Zechariah is frightened, but the angel says to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your prayer has been heard. The prayer that Zechariah and Elizabeth have been praying for their entire married life, that they might be able to have a child, has been heard by God and is finally coming to fruition. This is an extraordinary promise. Because Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth were both very old. They were past the time when they could have still expected to have a child. And you can see that for Zechariah, even though he's been praying this prayer for years and years and decades, hope has almost died for him. The dream is dead. He doesn't expect anymore that God will answer his prayer. And so in verse 18, we see Zechariah saying, Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. And the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I've been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you'll be silent and not be able to speak until the day this happens because You did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. 
The first Advent promise that we learn from the story of Zechariah, and that is true for us as well, is that God's promises will be fulfilled in their proper time. And not only that, but God's timing will be better than what we could have ever imagined. Zechariah's prayers are answered far beyond his and Elizabeth's imaginings. He was hoping just for a child, maybe a son. But God promises that this child will be the one who goes before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah and actually becomes the greatest prophet that the world has ever seen. And in fact, the spiritual impact of John the Baptist was such in that time that there are still people who follow John the Baptist and his teachings. There's a very small group, religious group called the Mandeans, which follow the teachings of John the Baptist. Zechariah's prayers have been answered by God in a way that he could not expect and in a way that was far beyond his imaginings. I don't know about you. Maybe you have been in a situation where the dream has almost died, where the hope that God would answer your prayers seems to have become cold and distant. Know that this is true. God's promises will be fulfilled. They'll be fulfilled in God's timing, and that timing will be far more powerful and far beyond what you could have planned or imagined. But now a comic interlude. I love this bit. I can imagine Gabriel when he makes this announcement to Zechariah, this powerful angelic being. And Zechariah says, how can I be sure of this? And Gabriel going, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God himself and I have been sent on special mission to you. And now you don't believe me? And I don't know... I'm speculating here, but I think that maybe Gabriel had some kind of freedom from God to decide what to do in this situation. I don't think that God had decided beforehand that Zechariah should be silent for nine months. But now Gabriel says, because you haven't believed my words, you'll be silent and not be able to speak until the day that this happened. So Zechariah has nine months of silence. Elizabeth has nine months of peace, if we can put it that way. Zechariah has nine months in which he cannot speak and which he gets to think about the promises of God. And something remarkable comes out of that, which we will get into a little bit later. But also then, Zechariah comes out of the temple and everyone doesn't know what has happened to him. And Zechariah cannot speak. All he can do is make signs. So it's a little bit like charades, right? This is Zechariah coming out of the temple. And everyone's going, ah, a dragon. Uh." And eventually they got it. Eventually they understood what had happened to Zechariah, that he had seen a vision of a mighty angel who had come to him and who had brought God's promises to him. The second Advent promise comes through in all of the Advent people that we will be looking at. And you might like to uh, turn in your Bible to some of these verses. And the promise is that God's Holy Spirit is at work in the Advent people. 
and also that God's Holy Spirit is at work in us. Okay, so um, let me get someone to volunteer to look up Luke 1, verse 67. Luke 1, verse 67. Um, Someone else, maybe Tim, you can look up Luke 1, verse 35. Um, Who's doing Zechariah? Luke 1, 67. Yvette? Um, Margaret, you can look up Luke 1, 41. Um, Let me see. Uh, Anne, you can look up Luke 1, verse 15. And... Gary, you can look up Matthew 1, verse 20 to 21. Okay, so in all of the Advent people, God's Holy Spirit is at work in a special way. In Zechariah from Luke 1, 67, Yvette. Okay, so Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit after the birth of John the Baptist. Mary, Tim. So the Holy Spirit is at work in Mary in God's Advent people. Elizabeth, who's got Luke one forty one? Um, Margaret. And said, uh, just go another verse or two. Excellent. And John the Baptist, Luke one fifteen. Who's got that one? Anne. Hang on. Sorry, I might have the wrong wrong verse there. Um, he will be, oh, sorry, yep, Luke 1, 15. Um, the angel says, he will be a joy and delight to you. This is Luke 1, verse 14. And many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. That's John the Baptist will be filled with the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, um, Gary. So Joseph also has to trust in the work of the Holy Spirit. So you can see the Holy Spirit is at work in a very special way around the preparation for the birth of the Messiah. The good news for us is that the Holy Spirit is available now to everyone. What was given specially to the Advent people for God's special purposes of bringing the Messiah is freely available to every person since the ascension of Jesus. And let me just read a, a verse from Acts um, chapter 2. This is on the day of Pentecost. Uh, Acts 2 verse 3. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And then Acts 2 verse 38 says this. Um, Peter preaches to the people on the day of Pentecost. He says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. So God's Holy Spirit is at work in a special way in the Advent people preparing them for the birth of Jesus. But God's Holy Spirit is freely available now to all who believe and put their trust in Jesus, the Messiah. And that's the second Advent promise. Oops. The third Advent promise is that light will shine on those living in darkness, that God will give knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of sins. And this is where we get to what is called the Song of Zechariah. 
And it's one of the great poems, one of the great prophetic promises in all of Scripture. If you look at Luke chapter 1, verse 67 to 79, we find that while Zechariah has had nine months of silence, he's been reflecting on God's promises in the Hebrew Scriptures, what we call the Old Testament. And the first thing he does when he opens his mouth after the birth of John the Baptist, his son, is to praise God and to proclaim this wonderful song. Now, in one of my study Bibles, I have something called cross-references, which shows all of the connections between one passage and other passages in the Bible. And the song of Zechariah has more Old Testament cross-references per verse than just about any other part of Scripture. So Zechariah hasn't been wasting his nine months of silence. He's been reflecting deeply on the promises of God, which we find all the way through the Bible, God's promises that he would bring a saviour to his people. I'm just, we're not going to look up all of these, but I just want to tell you that that there are so many of God's Old Testament promises that are summed up here in the Song of Zechariah. We have Isaiah 9 verse 2, which says that those living in darkness, on them a light will shine. We have Psalm 106, which says, Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who is from everlasting to everlasting. We have Exodus 4, which says that God has seen the misery of his people, and has sent someone to ransom them and rescue them. We have Malachi chapter 3, which says that God will send his messenger who will prepare the way for the Lord. We have Isaiah 40 verse 3 saying, A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord. We have Isaiah 60 verse 1, and there's many, many others, where God says that through his tender mercy, his light will shine on people. And so we're going to actually finish with the song of Zechariah from the Lumo Gospel. Remember as we listen to this, that God has come to save us. That on those who who live in darkness, God's light has shined. That because of Jesus, the Messiah, all of God's promises are true that God's timing is better than ours and that his promises will be fulfilled in the proper time. And there's one verse, one verse in the Song of Zechariah, which is not really referenced in the Old Testament promises. It's something new. Let me read that verse for you. Luke 1 verse 77. I'll, I'll read verse 76 as well. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. And so the new thing that comes into play through God's advent plan is the forgiveness of sins through the Messiah, Jesus. Ordinary people can receive and believe the extraordinary promises that God gives. His father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, 
because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit. And he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly to Israel. Advent people are ordinary people receiving God's extraordinary promises. The promises are that God's promise and his timing is good and will be fulfilled, that God's Holy Spirit is at work in his Advent people, and that light will shine on those living in darkness, and that God will forgive and draw people to himself. May you receive and believe the extraordinary Advent promises of our God. In Jesus' name, amen.